Warning, The Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. This is for the record. Nita and four of my grandchildren are burnt and shot up. Right on the road out of La Mora. It seems everyone in the world has been struck by this story except Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff and Nadler and the psychotic Democrats who wash the feet of Mexicans but have nothing to say about the slaughter of Americans in Mexico. Everyone has seen this story. Eight-month-old twins shot to death by Mexican cartel members. The women raped. The car set on fire. Everyone has seen the story. Everyone's shocked by it. It's the most horrific story that we have seen in a very long time. Everyone is moved by it except Mama Pelosi and little Schiffy boy. Democrats who have so much compassion have nothing to say about this. You know, there reaches a point in this business, which I have reached, where I cannot take in any more of this horror of the world. I'll tell you right now. There is only, you know, you, what you do is when you do this business, you wake up and you read the stories and you absorb, you calculate, you try to figure out which ones are worth talking about, make sense out of it. <clears throat> then a day comes that you've had so much toxicity flown into your brain from the horror of humanity, man's inhumanity to man, that you can't take it anymore. You're saturated with the hatred and the poison. And it leads you to ask many, many questions. Number one is, why have Mexican cartels devolved into such inhumanity? We're all shaken by this. How can a nation steeped in Catholic tradition produce these murderers who will chase down babies and shoot them dead after raping their mothers and setting their cars on fire? How? Mexico's a Catholic nation. Is it the corruption of the government in Mexico? Or is it something more sinister to blame for this evil? There have always been bootleggers. There's always been an illicit drug trade. But in recent decades, we are seeing an escalation of atrocities by the cartels out of Mexico. What is it? What's different about them? Could it be the worship of Santa Muerte or Our Lady of Holy Death? The Telegraph reported that this folk religion, which, which has rattled the conservative Catholics of Mexico, could be the fastest growing in Latin America. And Santa Muerte has been dubbed the patron saint of the cartels. It's very popular in America today. Oh, yes, Nancy. Ask Nancy about ask Nancy about Santa Muerte. Perhaps there is some connection to this blasphemous cult and the rise of evil we are witnessing at the border as more children are sold into sex trafficking and innocent women and children are slaughtered and burned to death. But what does this mean for our own nation? As the long tentacles of the cartels now reach every state and city in America thanks to the open borders crowd of Nancy Pelosi. We know why they want open borders. We're not fools. You can put two and two together, can't you? It's not about compassion. Are you that naive that you think it's about compassion? All you good stupid liberals that will be run over by a bulldozer, a bulldozer of your own stupidity? And our law enforcement officers, the last line we have between us and these animals are being increasingly vilified, marginalized, and attacked in the streets of America by the corrupt politicians who turn mobs upon them. Where will this lead us? If we render our police powerless, as is increasingly happening in our cities, do you think our own radical leftist corrupt leaders will save us from this inhumanity? If you do, you're a fool. I have no answers. I have some ideas, but no answers. Some of the ideas are impractical. I'll give you one of them. Didn't Erdogan of Turkey just declare a 30-mile zone in northern Syria to keep his, quote, terrorists out, the Kurds? He called them terrorists, didn't he? And he put his tanks on the border with Syria, and he was getting ready for the invasion. He softened up the Kurds, so to speak, with artillery, and he got ready to go in, and we did nothing. We let him roll over the Kurdish defenders of that strip of land in northern Syria. 
And what did Erdogan say he was going to do with that newly, um, I say, liberated land? You can call it conquered if you want. He said he was going to take all of the Muslims from Europe who have come in as refugees and resettle them in that strip of land in northern Syria. And the Europeans love the idea because they don't want the Muslims there. They know that they're going to overcome, overcome their own nations, overturn their own nations, destroy their own nations, poison their own nations. Never mind what NBC tells you. Everybody knows what is going on except the drug-addicted people in the media. So I ask you, what do you think about a 30-mile exclusion zone in northern Mexico and repatriate every illegal alien in this country who is a gang member? Put them there. Put them back in that 30-mile zone. Get rid of them out of this country. Get them out of our prisons. Put them, in the, put them there in the 30-mile zone. You say, well, they'll come in anyway. Now laugh, all you smart liberals. Well, they cut through the wall. Nothing could stop them. Well, you could stop them. You could put mines on this side of the wall. You could put tanks on this side of the wall. You could put armed troops on this side of the wall. Maybe you don't want to hear that, but maybe the world has changed from the Disneyland version that you are living in. Eight-month-old twins shot to death. Mother shot to death. Children shot to death. Take a look at the pictures. Nobody in America can believe this. Ambushed by the Mexican cartel, shot, burned, and murdered in cold blood. These were innocent civilians, American citizens, simply trying to live peaceful lives, said relative Kendra Lee Miller in a lengthy Facebook post this morning. The SUV was found outside the town of Bavispe, where the settlement of these Mormon people is located. Miller, 31, was killed along with four of her children, Howard Jacob Miller, Jr., age 12, Crystal Belaine Miller, 10, eight-month-old twins, Titus and Tiana Miller, all shot and burned in their vehicle. Only a few bones and ash remained in the family. It's on every website in the country. The only person who did not talk about it was Jumbo Jim. Jumbo Jim claims that CNN is around-the-clock anti-Trump and for impeachment, and he is right. But what if on our side all you hear is pro-Trump and anti-impeachment, and they don't even cover atrocities like this? If Jumbo Jim, who has such a vast audience because he's so intelligent and so creative, won't touch this story, what does it tell you about our side? What does it tell you about our side? There is no side. It's all one side. It's all a sham. It's all a shock and a jive, a game, to keep the rubes thinking the impeachment game is the whole game when there might, may not even be an impeachment game because it's been nullified before it began. The whole thing is a bunch of crap. They want us to think about this day and night while the border is being overrun, while our taxes are at an all-time high. I can go down the list in a litany. I don't have to do it for you. It's a shuck and a jive by both parties. They're going to impeach him, but he won't be impeached by the Senate. We all know that. We've all read the tea leaves. So what's the good of it? What's the point of it all? Well, it's to keep you listening and keep you buying the hair cream. You keep listening and you think that you're going to change anything? What can you change if all day long you hear is they're evil Democrats who want to impeach Trump? Yes, that is true. And what can you do about it? Nothing. You're not an elected official. You could do nothing about it. And when the loudest voice on the conservative side who thinks he's the greatest, the most intelligent man in history won't even talk about an atrocity like this, what does that tell you about, quote, our side? Huh, our side. You think it's a football game, huh? No, it's not a football game. You know, there are solutions to problems in every nation. And people don't like all the solutions to the problems. Trump said a, a benign solution, build a wall. The vermin on the left stopped them at every turn. The judges stopped them at every turn. Unelected vermin judges who are nothing but low-life lawyers in a black robe that needs to be martinized stopped them at every turn. What the hell do we have a military for? He pulled the military out of Syria, put them on the border with Mexico. What are they for? Oh, I know. We don't want to become an armed state. It would offend the liberal sensibilities. It would frighten millennials. It would scare women and children. Let me tell you something. If you think that the kidnappings and the murders are not coming to this nation because of the vast numbers of them who are here, you are crazy and you don't know anything about reality or history. Trump offered to, uh, I guess, send the military to the wonderful esteemed president of Mexico who laughed at him, basically. You know, I'm obsessed with some of these topics. I watched the, the show called Narcos all over again for the last two weeks. I watched the show about Pablo Escobar and what he did to Colombia. 
when the government tried to rein him in. We saw the story in Mexico a few weeks ago when they tried to take in Guzman's son. The cartels threatened to kill innocent men, women, and children. Remember that? And the president said, we'll use hugs, not bullets, to stop them. He was laughed at by the Mexican people who know better. Hugs, not bullets, didn't seem to stop this atrocity. Why not? Is it that we didn't hug them enough? What's the matter? There weren't enough hugs sent south of the border? Well, that's the story that is actually ruining a lot of people's minds today. And if you haven't seen the story about the uh, assassination of this Mormon family, the massacre of this Mormon family in Mexico by the cartels, if you haven't seen that they were burned alive, babies were burned alive, the women were raped, if you haven't heard that one of the children tried to run away and the cartels shot him dead, you are worse than you ever thought you were. And I've given you a possibility of a solution which will never happen, a 30-mile exclusion zone. Never happened, but it's a good idea. We could send the military in. They'll never accept the U.S. military for a number of reasons. Mexico declines President Trump's offer for war against cartels. Yeah, right. They're going to let Americans come in there. Trump tweeted, this is the time for Mexico with the help of the United States to wage war on the drug cartels and wipe them off the face of the earth. We merely await a call from your great new president. Good luck, Mr. President. Good luck. Because the new president, Lopez Obrador, claimed in the past that his government will not fight drug cartels with violence, but through economic opportunities and social programs. How's that worked out for American gangsters in, in Chicago? How how the social programs worked in San Francisco? Stupid, the same old garbage. So it's times like this that make this program very hard to do. When you see such atrocities of babies and women raped, and you don't see one Democrat saying a word about it because it would violate their entire open borders mantra. Do you understand that? Do you understand that not one Democrat has come out and said one word about this massacre of American citizens in Mexico. Not one word from Big Mouth Pelosi. Not one word. So at a time like this, what do you do? I turned to the Bible and I said, come on, is there a passage in the Bible about the, the slaughter of the innocents that would give anyone any comfort? I found one. And I don't know if it relates. It's from Isaiah 14, so bear with me. Those of you who are cynical out there, I don't have that many more people who read the Bible anymore. And it shall come to pass that as the chaste gazelle and that sheep that no man gathereth, they shall turn every man to his own people and shall flee every man to his own land. Everyone that is found shall be thrust through and everyone that is caught shall fall by the sword. Their babes also shall be dashed in pieces before their eyes. Their houses shall be spoiled and their wives ravished. Read your Bible. This is Living History. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Look, this is a crazy day, not only for me on the Savage Nation. It's a very, very um, difficult day when you see such slaughter, such inhumanity in Mexico. And such a lack of an outcry from Pelosi and her gang of thieves. Not one word of sympathy, not one word of concern. Now, why would the Democrats not say one word about the slaughter of the innocents in Mexico when the Europeans and American people are are all talking about it, everyone with a heart? Why? Because it would bring up the question of open borders and sanctuary cities. Nancy doesn't want you to even talk about it. She doesn't want to tie it into that. So people say, well, it didn't happen here. Well, but a wall would stop it from happening here, wouldn't it? And deportations would stop it from happening here, wouldn't it? And taking the handcuffs off the police would stop it, wouldn't it? So people say, oh, bring in the military. Send the U.S. military south of the border. Let me tell you why that's a stupid idea. Because our military has its hands tied with rules of engagement that didn't exist in the past century, when there, was, when there were invasions and incursions into Mexico, and we had soldiers who were roughnecks who could do what they wanted to suppress the enemy, anything they wanted. They didn't have to answer to Nancy Pelosi or the New York Times. They went in and they did what they had to do to 
knock off the Mexican gangsters. What do you think? You look at the history of Mexican gangs. What do you think they were? The same exact thing. So it wasn't about drugs then. What was it about? Look at the names. Look at the names of all the revolutionaries in Mexico. They were just as bloodthirsty as this, as this group. Identical. There's nothing different here. So we sent Pershing in. We sent others in. But they didn't take any prisoners. Now, we don't have a military that is allowed to do that anymore. They would just laugh at our soldiers and probably strip them of their weapons and leave them naked on the side of the road. Because our soldiers would not be able to engage the cartels in the manner that is necessary to suppress this violence. So that doesn't make any sense. What we need to do is keep them out and deport those of them who are here. That's not going to happen either. They're too entrenched in the courts and in the newspapers and in the Democrat Party. Plain English. What do you want me to do? I don't know how else to say it. It seems to me the courts, the newspapers, and the Democrat Party want increased violence and increased drug gangs into America for, for whatever reason, put two and two together. So I watch the show called, whatever it was called, I don't even remember what it's called, on Netflix. What was it called? I forgot. I was watching it. Narcos all over again about the Colombian cartels under Pablo Escobar and how the DEA went in there and brought him down along with the uh, Colombians, how brave the Colombian police were, how many died, how many thousands died in those drug wars in Colombia. Then I'm watching Narcos Mexico now, strangely enough. Again, it's not as well done. It's pretty weak, as a matter of fact, compared to uh, the original one set in Colombia. It's just weak on every level. And I know the story of what they did to Camarada. I know what they did to Camarada, the DEA agent. You know, years ago, I had a friend named Michael Levine. He was on my show for years in the 90s. He was the bravest man I ever met in my life. Bronx Jew, dressed up as a uh, cartel, Colombian cartel leader, and went into the heart of the most dangerous people on earth and survived. I hope we can get Michael back on this show. I don't know how to reach him anymore. I have a good guest coming up, and in the next hour we have Don Jr. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. The entire world except the Democrat Party is reeling from the massacre of American Mormons in Mexico by the drug cartels. Babies were burned alive. Women were raped. They were ambushed. Their car shut up. The cartels assassinated little children trying to run away into the, into, the, into the bushes. Pelosi nor Schiff has said not one word. The Europeans are offering help. American president offered help. Not one word, not one word from a Democrat in America just shows you, just shows you how out of touch they are with their own messaging. Yeah, well, because if they said anything about what went on in the massacre down there, they have to say, well, gee, maybe our open borders aren't working. Or maybe our sanctuary cities need to be rethought. That's why Pelosi has a big trap shut all over. I want to say one word about impeachment and move on. I'm not Jumbo Jim who'll spend three hours, five days a week. One word. Key impeachment witness admits delivering quid pro quo message to Ukraine. I say, so what? Let's say there was a quid pro quo message that you're going to get the military aid, but we want you to investigate a corrupt U.S. politician who happens to be running for the presidency. His name is Joe Biden. Now, tell me what is wrong with quid pro quo when it is trying to unmask a corrupt American politician who is doing business with a corrupt nation called Ukraine. Are you people that stupid to think that the president has no right to do such a thing? He certainly does. All foreign aid is quid pro quo. Every dollar is quid pro quo. In every nation, it's quid pro quo. What do you think? We're Santa Claus? They've turned this nonsense into an impeachment. It will never happen. Of course, the Democrats will go along with it because they're a corrupt party. It's a, the Democrat cartel. Do you understand that? Democrat cartel. They're not a political party. They're a cartel. Right now, we have someone who knows what went on in Mexico. He's been there, lives on the border. He's written about it. He's with uh, Breitbart, Texas, leads the Cartel Chronicles, a project bringing your voice to Mexican journalists and cartel control regions along the Mexican border. Brandon Darby, welcome to the Savage Nation. Brandon, thanks. I'm so glad you could be with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me on. I want to ask you something. This massacre, was this a targeted attack, so far as you could tell, or an accident? Uh, we can't tell. 
Uh, we don't know yet. Um, we think it's, you know, what's been happening in that region, which is just south of New Mexico, is it's been Sinaloa cartel fighting Sinaloa cartel. Um, there's been a lot of gunfights, so it's possible they thought this was a convoy of, of, of enemy fighters, but it's also very possible that the Juarez cartel or another... Well, wait, 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 wait. Help me with this. Uh, news reports are saying that as a little child tried to run away, he was executed by the cartel. It doesn't fit that narrative. And that the women were raped. That doesn't fit the narrative. Something doesn't add up here. I'm sorry. I, I'm l- only looking at the news stories. So forgive me. I wasn't there, thank God. No, that didn't happen. So, so there's no evidence to suggest the women were raped. Uh, the Daily Mail put out a report, and then Sun UK copied the report, and then the Daily Mail changed the report. Uh, once they realized maybe those things didn't happen. so we- It says Mormon bloodbath, Sonora massacre, babies burned alive and kids shot in the back. As Mexican cartel murder, nine U.S. Mormon the targeted hit. You're saying now that the, this was not the case, nobody was raped, and the babies weren't shot on purpose? I, well, we, we don't know that, that that was or wasn't the case. We, we can't find any evidence that that's the case. None of our sources say that happened. Um, the government doesn't say that happened. None of our cartel sources say that. Oh, wait, come on. The government is corrupt in Mexico. Let, let's be clear. The, the government is corrupt in Mexico. We all know that. Well, various levels are very corrupt in Mexico, right? They're all the way up to their presidency. That, that's, not, that's not the issue here. The issue here is what we know is that uh, we know that three women and six children are dead. Uh, and so in that area, what's going on is there is a lot of battles. There are paramilitary groups uh, of drug, from drug cartels fighting each other for control. So the most likely scenario is that those two groups who operate in the area um, of, of Sinaloa uh, made a mistake or another cartel did it on purpose to try to bring heat on those, on those uh, cartel, the Sinaloa cartel. So... This is what happens every time there's a massacre in Mexico. These massacres happen all the time. Babies are killed all the time. Women and children are killed constantly. Uh, it's great that we're all looking at this. This is heinous what happened. But it isn't something that is unusual. Uh, when you have narco cartels operating along the border, controlling territory, rolling around in 30 uh, armored vehicle, convoys of 30 armored vehicles, you're going to have horrible things like this. So, so we report on this stuff all the time. Uh, this is a little more egregious because it involves more people in one incident. So, but we're not sure yet if they were targeted. Uh, what we do know is that there's a bunch of Americans who were just killed by paramilitary drug cartels. Near right, and in the past, if an American citizen were killed, was killed by a foreign government, usually that would be an act of war. That was another time in history. Which brings us to what can Trump actually do? He's offering to send military to help the president. The president of Mexico already turned it down, of course, for reasons we can pretty much surmise. I want to ask you a more philosophical question because you've told us that we don't really know the facts, and I accept that, Mr. Darby, of uh, the Breitbart Texas group. I'm trying to ask myself, because there's been illicit drug deals and dealers and bootleggers for a long time, but the atrocities in Mexico... Hundreds of thousands of people have been killed over these years. Men, women, children butchered. How have the Mexican people devolved to this point? Is it the, is it the, uh, the religion? I'm asking a very important question because I don't understand this. Is it the religion, the patron saint, Santa Muerte? Do you think you live down there? No, I, I, think, I think one of the problems in Mexico as a big 2A guy one of the problems is that the only people with guns are bad guys. And oftentimes the police and the military, uh, when you know journalists get murdered, tens of journalists get murdered in Mexico every year. And when they get murdered, it's usually the army or the state police who murder them for the cartel. So, so one of the problems is that people, good people there really just don't, they don't have a lot of mechanisms to fight back. Some of them try to. Some of them take up arms. Some of them smuggle arms. Uh, some of them lead campaigns to, to try to call out the corruption. But when they do, mm. they get murdered and their families get murdered. God. Very bad situation. So the biggest problem that we have trying to deal mm. with that is that the majority of people in U.S. media 
they do not want to acknowledge what is going on there. They want to continue mm. with Beto O'Rourke's uh, narrative that the border is safe when clearly it is not safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, there probably are some safe portions of the border, but the majority of it is not. Some are worse than others. Um, but so, so the inability to call this out, like today there's a couple of stories. CNN did a story. The AP did a story. But it's not the major focus of, of the news outlets today. Um, it's not the main. Well, it's a major focus even in Europe today. Uh, a, a so-called conservatives are obsessed with impeachment and won't talk about this story, which to me is a huge story, a monster story. And I'm wondering how, how soon it's going to happen here in this country, the kidnappings and the assassinations. I mean, how long do you think it's going to be until they are so brazen that it's going to happen here? Do you think that's a possibility, Mr. Darby? Well, I mean, it, it already is happening here. So, so we've had beheadings in the United States from Mexican cartels. Uh, we wrote yesterday. We wrote about a, a, a man in Tucson, Arizona, who was kidnapped and smuggled back into Mexico, and then he was finally finally rescued um, after being kidnapped. And that's another U.S. citizen. So this is already happening. Uh, we write about it all the time. It's just that it's not something that people mm. care that much about. People people, I think they're they're in a place where they're burying their heads in the sand. Uh, mm. And thankfully, you're having you're you're talking about it. Others, we're talking about it. But the majority of people with platforms are not talking about it. But it is going to happen more and more, especially with Mexico's attitude, the, gov- the central government of Mexico's attitude mm-hmm. toward cartels. It's going to happen more and more. And, and yeah, yeah, the new president said we're going, to, yeah. we're going to defeat the cartels with hugs, not bullets. That, that really worked, didn't it? Yeah, it's not working so well, and it's not going to work. And we know that, and, and there seems to be some kind of mindset where – you know, well-intentioned people do things that make them feel better but don't actually address the problem. And that tends to be what's happening in Mexico. Um, you know, our State Department is full of a, a lot of people who were put in power there, uh, put in place by the Obama administration, and they they have an agenda. And, and it's very difficult for them to, you know, to go after cartels on one hand and then at the same time engage in diplomacy when the very diplomats they're engaging in diplomacy with are connected to the cartels they're supposed to be going after. So it's problematic across the board. Uh, But what we do know, like I said, is we know that three women and six children were killed in a convoy near our border. They're U.S. citizens. And, um, you know, Mexico says they're trying to figure it out. But as you pointed out, they're very corrupt. We're probably not going to hear the official, the, the correct version officially from Mexico, and it's going to be people like me and my team who bring that to you uh, from our sources. Death toll climbs in Mexican cartel shootout as more U.S. citizens identified just came out in the New York Post. It says the FBI has now opened an investigation into the massacre of U.S. citizens gunned down by drug cartels in northern Mexico as the death toll has climbed to nine, including three women, eight-month-old twins, and four other children. They are U.S.-Mexico dual citizens caught in a crossfire. Uh, I still don't know if that's the story, truthfully, or they were targeted to send a message. Neither of us can really tell, right? You just said they may have been targeted on purpose to make the cartels in that area look even more bloodthirsty, which is what you said earlier. And I take your word for it. You know more about that area. I, I don't even know the area at all. I wouldn't even go to Mexico. I don't know how you live there, truthfully. You, you live where, in, in, in the area or live in L.A.? Texas. So I spend about half my time in Mexico and the other half of my time in Texas because our project, most of our, our writers at the Cartel Chronicles Project for Breitbart are actually Mexican citizens. They're people who live in Mexico, who mm. write about what's going on there, mm. and they do it under a pseudonym so that they are not murdered. Mm. Um, wow. And that's what we do. So, so between our advocacy for Border Patrol agents um, and then our advocacy for law enforcement, good people in law enforcement in Mexico and journalists in Mexico, we tend to have a total informational awareness as to what is occurring um, on both sides of the border in most places. And, uh, and we kind of pride ourselves on, on being able to, to tell the story um, from sources on both sides, which is, is kind of, it, it took many years to develop that, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. It's not the safest thing. I can't imagine, you know, you're so devoted to what you do, you're not doing it to get rich. You are totally devoted for humanitarian reasons. You're one of the saints of journalism, Brandon Darby of Breitbart. And Breitbart is one of the great journalistic enterprises of, of modern times. And yet, of course, vilified by the useless so-called fake journalists 
that we have in this country of basically downplaying the story altogether. Look, you've covered this for a long time, Mr. Darby. Is this going to change the American American opinion about the need for some more severe crackdown on the border issue, meaning a wall, militarization of the border, deportations of, of gang members? Do you think this will change any of it? No, I don't think so. Um, I think that, sadly, we're in a place where everyone is so locked in, um, especially, I think, right now on the left, in the, on the American left. I don't think that, I think they're going to find some way. Like, if you look at what journalists are saying, they're saying, if we didn't have so many guns in the U.S., they they wouldn't have so many guns in Mexico, and maybe this wouldn't have happened. They're going to find, which is, of course, absurd. They're going to find every way in the world imaginable to, to redirect, to shift responsibility, mm. um, and to blame somehow blame the United States for this problem that God millionaires. Well, what about what about going back to Eric Holder's Fast and Furious, uh, you know, exportation of U.S. machine guns to Mexico? Was that story ever told properly? Uh, I, I think they, they tried. I think that, you know, Katie Pavlich wrote a very good book on Fast and Furious. From Now she's at Fox and Town Hall Magazine. Um, she did a, a great expose on that. Uh, mm-hmm. Do I think that, that mainstream media told it properly? Not really. But I do think that some people did, and, and Katie was one of them. Um, a number of whistleblowers who are actually whistleblowers, men and women who work in law enforcement, um, uh, with the ATF have come out, um, and they I think they've told it properly, uh, but have they received the proper amount of attention according in accordance with what I think they deserve? No, I don't think so. Um, mm. I don't think so at all. Well, I think that we've explored this issue to the greatest extent that we can. Brandon Darby writes for, he's managing director of Breitbart, Texas, and he leads the Cartel Chronicles. And basically, he brings a voice to Mexican journalists and cartel-controlled regions along the Mexican border. Is this a thankless task, Mr. Darby, or do you feel you're making some contribution to humanity? Um, you know, I, I go back and forth. I, I, I Sometimes I feel like we're doing a good thing, um, and we're doing a great thing, and we're accomplishing something. Every time, every time our reporting leads to cartel bosses getting caught or killed, uh, I do feel good about that, especially when I know family members of their victims in Mexico. Uh, I feel like we've, you know, that we're doing a good thing. Uh, but then things like this happen today where, and you see media obfuscating and you're like, you know, it seems like such a mountain. It seems like such Yes, a- the media is obfuscating. They're covering up the whole situation. Uh, it's soon going to be blamed upon Donald Trump. There's no question about it. I know you've got to go somewhere else. Uh, Brandon Darby can be followed at. For having me. Uh, you can be followed at Breitbart.com, correct? That's correct, at Breitbart. And people can follow me on Twitter at Brandon Darby. Brandon, keep your head down and your powder dry. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. know that the media has destroyed the world and it doesn't get any worse than what I'm about to tell you. The New York Toast, owned by the Murdoch family, has already smeared the dead Mormons as members of a sex cult. I swear to God, I swear to God, the New York Toast has hit a new low for a tabloid. Women killed in Mexican cartel murders had allegedized to Nixon's sex cult. In other words, Murdoch's tabloid, the New York Toast, has hit a new low, that before the bodies have even been buried, they're already smearing the reputation of the women as sex maniacs who deserve to die. And you wonder why this nation is in decline? Look no further than the New York Toast. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Spans of the spoken word. Welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. 
And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. We are going to legalize marijuana in this country. expunge the records of those who have been arrested. And tonight, we say to our brothers and sisters all over this country... You communist piece of crap. instead of demonizing the undocumented immigrants in this country... You mean the cartel fronts? We are going to pass a complete overhaul... Overhaul. Of our broken immigration Overhaul. system and provide a path towards citizenship for the cartels. That's that's the Democrat campaign. Narco Terry, nine U.S. women, children murdered by cartel gunmen in, near New Mexico border. Not one word from a Democrat. Mexico declines President Trump's offer for war against cartels. Of course, what do you think? Are you joking? No, he wants American troops there to stop it. What are you joking? Right. Big story, Jumbo Jim didn't cover it. We get 15 hours a week of anti-Trump hatred from CNN and 15 hours a week from Jumbo Jim of Trump support, neither of which produce any news at all. It's all fake news. See, both sides do fake news. If you don't do the news, you're doing fake news. If you only do Trump, you're doing fake news. You understand that? Whether you're for Trump or against him, if that's all you do, it's fake news. You get that? When a world is awash in problems and blood and issues like this and you don't cover it, then you are the enemy. I've been getting an email from a gentleman at Breitbart. We just had a wonderful, wonderful guest from Breitbart on. I hope you didn't miss that one. At the bottom of the hour, we have Donald Trump Jr. on with his new book, which I'm very much looking forward to. Yeah, right here on this show. By the way, same publisher as mine, Center Street. Interesting, isn't it? Just how things turn. So... Breitbart wants to interview me through a gentleman named Josh Kaplan. And I asked him, "Have we're going to do it on Saturday on, on Skype or something. So I said, Josh, to begin with, have you seen my video of my live event from last Tuesday night? Which, of course, anyone can watch at SavageNationLive.com. It will be taken down within 30 days, by the way, and you won't be able to get it. Great gift for the holidays. And he says, I watched the event twice. And he said, the personal anecdote about President Trump putting mustard on your hot dog aboard AF1 was great. Shows the president is down to earth, not the monster that the MSM smears him. Uh, reminded me of one you said in a previous program that the president once called you personally while you were in Florida and said, Michael, it's Donald. I make all my own calls. You're terrific, is what you recall the president saying. You humanized him without giving too many details away from your private conversation. You hear this? I also thought your answer at the Savage Nation live event to an audience question about whether the deep state will get its due for Spygate was as honest as they come. You said this, quote, your answer is in the question. You replied, and he says, 100% agree. Brennan, Clapper, Comey, these guys will never see justice, no matter what certain Fox News hosts say. Early Saturday works. Let me know what time works for you, blah, 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 and we'll make it happen. This is the Savage Nation. The phone number is 855-400-7282 is the phone number. Again, the story that has the world recoiling in horror, filled with questions, except for Nancy Pelosi and the illegitimate Democrats, is how could this happen? Moreover, already the smear has begun. As I concluded the last hour, Murdoch, Murdoch's minions at the New York Toast have, has, have hit a new low. I was shocked to see at the end of the hour that the minions of propagandists at the New York Toast run by the Murdoch uh, um, media empire, put out a headline that shocked me. Women killed in Mexican cartel murders had allegedized the Nixon sex cult. And they stretch some connections so far that the connections don't even hold up even in this tabloid called the New York Toast. And you wonder why the country's in trouble when you have both sides of every issue lying to the American people on a daily basis. The only thing I like about the New York Toast are the videos of animals. And there's a wonderful one, Orphan Bear United with Man Who Raised Her as Cub. It's so cute and touching in a world of such sickness. The animals are the only thing I can turn to. 
And I put it on michaelsavage.com. For those of you who don't, do not want to patronize the New York Toast, you can now get it on michaelsavage.com. But there's something interesting about this that you should know. This one was very sweet. Sonia, a female bear rescued by the Orphan Wildlife Center in Otisville, New York, was overjoyed when she was reunited with the caretaker that raised her. Her foster father, Jonathan, had not visited the facility in years, but the adult bear recognized them and even appeared to remember the fun game the bear, the pair played when she was a cub. It's the cutest thing I've ever seen. And you look at the face on the bear as she's playing with her old handler. The bear has a slight smile on her face. And all I could think about is what the Chinese do to bears, the inhumane Chinese people. Inhumane Chinese people! Yes, I said it! They eat dogs in China. They torture bears in China. No, not all nations are the same. You fools are bought into the globalism. Nah, not all the same. Not all the same. Not all the same. But you know, this thing about the Wildlife Center in Otisville, New York, struck a note with me because Mrs. Savage is a huge animal rights activist. I don't mean the spraying fur type. She sends donations to the people who actually rescue animals. She doesn't spray people to wear furs. She does something. No, she's not an environmental wacko, as Jumbo Jim would say. Jumbo Jim is an environmental killer. Jumbo Jim says the environment should be destroyed and paved over. That's Jumbo Jim, which is why so many Republicans are leaving and moving over to another side. They can't take it anymore. So I said, wait, Otisville? Isn't that where you get money? Yes. Yes, we helped them out a little bit. Great people. I said, I've never been there. I said, you know, isn't Otisville is where uh, the lawyer is. It's that jail, the cushy jail up there in Otisville. That's where uh, Cohen is. They've got a Jewish jail up there, a Muslim jail center. Italian mafia goes up there. They all get good food. I did a whole show in Otisville. I said, maybe we should go visit the animal center up there. There's probably a great hotel. The food might be better than in San Francisco. I'm thinking even in Otisville, up in the sticks with all of the Jewish prisoners and mafia prisoners up there in Otisville, somebody must have opened up a decent restaurant. They may even have a five-star hotel in Otisville for all the relatives of the Coens up there, I'm thinking. Probably better than the Marin County, that's for sure. No one knows food in Marin County. There's no food in Marin County whatsoever. Those of us who live here just cannot believe a neighborhood that allegedly has money has such poor taste in food. It's unbelievable to me. I'm going to check out Otisville when I go visit the Bears uh, up there. What's this? Who gets better treatment, the Bear or Michael Cohen? I don't get it. I, that's a, Otisville. I don't know. I've not been to Otisville. Remember I did the whole show on Otisville, on the, the commissary items. Remember? the things you could buy in there in, in that place. Yeah, I had a family member, actually. Uh, I, I can't go into the details on that. I got some inside stories of uh, that wonderful prison. Border Patrol Council President Brandon Judge says U.S. citizens going to Mexico are in danger. Really? I didn't know that. I went to Cancun 10 years ago. I told you the famous Cancun hotel story. Dad, come on, we're going to Cancun for a vacation. I said, uh, you know I don't like to travel. I can't sleep that well. No, no, we got you a top-floor room in a hotel in Cancun. All right, I'll go. So I go with the whole family. I check in, and something had me pull the covers back, and guess what I found? A bloody mattress. <laughs> I swear to God. I call the front desk in Cancun. This is 10 years ago or so, and I say, look, I just checked into this room on the top of your hotel, and the mattress has dried blood all over it the size of, I don't know how big was it, a meter square dried blood either someone had an abortion in the hotel or they killed someone in the bed so they almost said to me that's no problem sir uh, that goes on in the hotel all the time but the blood is dry we assure you of that they didn't say that they sent up some workers who <laughs> exchanged the mattress for me that was my, but the food was very good in cancun i gotta tell you that the seafood is the best i'll never go there again never and secondly living in san francisco i don't have to go anywhere in the world if I want to go to Mongolia, I go to a Mongolian restaurant. I want to go to China, I go to 50,000 Chinese restaurants. And there's not a country on earth that isn't represented here except America in San Francisco. You, can't, you can find traces of America here and there, but by and large, it's no longer America. It's, it's a multicultural city, a wonderful pastiche of the best the world has to offer. It makes liberals so happy to see every language but English until they themselves are erased from their own nation. But then again, so-called scientists are calling for population control. Scientists call for population control. 
They're not getting far enough with their global warmest uh, fears. Now they want us to disappear from the planet. Are you listening to this story? They want less people on the planet. Now, what's interesting about that is that white people are not having babies in any numbers of reproduction necessary to perpetuate the race. Take that paragraph and write it down and see if it's wrong in any way. The last I checked, in order for a couple to have enough children, to have more people than them survive, they had to have something like 3.2 children per, per couple. Do you know what the white race reproduction rate is? About 1.5. Did you, did you know this? Do you know what the population rate is amongst other people? You can call it racist if you want, or you want to look at reality, go look at reality. So look what these, these, these psychotic scientists are saying. We need population control. Go tell that to the Asian people and the African people in Africa. Go, to, go give out that message in Africa to have less people. Go tell them in Asia to stop reproducing. Don't tell us. Here in San Francisco, there are no children. They're illegal. The only thing you're allowed to have here is a, a carriage with a dog in it. It's so sad to see these young white girls walking around with dogs and no families. No families, no husband, not even a girlfriend. All they have is a dog, a cockapoo or a multipoo. That's it. And they look at each other's dog the way women used to look at other women's babies when I grew up. I remember growing up in New York. The mothers would proudly walk with the strollers with their children and the other mothers would have their children and they'd look in the carriages and they'd comment on how nice Jason looked or Harriet looked or Micah looked. That's the way life was. That's how it went on. People saluted each other's families. Now they talk about the cockapoo and the multipoo. Oh, how cute. Oh, how oh, don't ask what I spent last month on the veterinary bills. Are you kidding? How are these girls going to be at 60, I wonder, with no children, no grandchildren? Are they going to get another cockapoo? Or cockatiel maybe mixed with a dog? I can't imagine what that would be. Maybe they'll figure out how to crossbreed a cockatiel with a cockapoo and they'll come up with a cockadoodle-doo. <laughs> Jim, come on. Jim and I are alone today. It's a very special day in the Savage Studio. As you know, I broadcast from San Francisco and my, my studio that actually is crazy transmission. It goes from here in a millisecond. I don't know how it works. The, my voice goes from here to KSFO in San Francisco, which immediately transfers it to the production studio in Dallas, Texas, where Jim Verde works like a slave. And uh, th then Jim sends it up to New York somewhere on a satellite, goes up to the heavens and comes down to your earlobe, earbuds. Could you believe this? The world we live in, how phenomenal it is. Well, today, f through a quirk, Jim is alone in the studio. He is both a uh, call screener, board operator, and executive producer and guest booker all in one. He just said to me in the last hour, he's been working since 6 in the morning, Jim Faraday, God bless him. He said, I got to run out for a glass of water. I said, are you crazy? You're going to take You're going out for water right now? How dare you? How dare you abandon the studio, Jim? You're not entitled to a hydration break. Who do you think you are, a human being? Anyway, we're going to come back, take your, uh, I, I don't have enough time for your phone calls. Because we'll have a very short segment, and then at the bottom of the hour, expecting Donald Trump Jr. with his new book. What could be better than the Savage Nation on a Tuesday afternoon? Nothing. Michael Savage, a host like no other. So here we have the fires are still burning out of control in some regions of Northern California, and Gavin Newsom is blaming climate change and capitalism now. This is astounding how disconnected they are with reality. Every other day he's starring in another variety show. A new flak jacket and a new smile with a new hairdo. Astounding. Always blaming someone else other than the mismanagement of the forests by the State Forest Service, which should have cleaned up the brush, by the way. And Trump ripped Pelosi, saying clean up your district. And he said the California governor is like a child. You know he's right. In many ways he's 100% right. Because we have so many people who are stoned in this state. All they talk about is what variety and what strain of marijuana they're on. Hey, man, what do you want? What strain? Mendocino Mild. No, man, can't get that with the fires. No, we're not on the Mendocino Mild, man. I got Madagascar. Kazoom. It's 110%. THC, man, I'm so ripped. I don't even know who I am. Well, that's no different than the day before I didn't know who I was. 
stoned. Everyone's ripped. You walk in the streets of San Francisco dodging the human crap, and you got to dodge now the smoke of the idiots. You know, I was in the city yesterday. Doorways of bums smoking marijuana. You could puke from it. Between the vaping and that guy, the, it's unbelievable. You got to do You need a gas mask. You know, I'm thinking the SFO should have a, a, a package, an arrival package for visitors from abroad. And when you arrive at SFO from a foreign country, what they give you is a survival package. It's uh, consisting of a gas mask for the marijuana fumes in the streets and, and galoshes for the human feces that Gavin Newsom permitted to proliferate in Nancy Pelosi's backyard. Here's Donald Trump at number 16. You got fires eating away at California every year because because management is so bad. The governor right. doesn't know. He's like a child. He doesn't know what he's doing. And I've been <laughs> telling him this for two years. They've got to take care of it. Every year, it's always California. Never, It's rarely somebody else or someplace else. But Nancy Pelosi ought to go back to a district and take care of it because her district has become a mess. Number one in the country for going down. All she thinks about is impeachment, but she doesn't want to impeach. You know who wants to impeach? The people that run the party, the radical left. Now He's right about a number of things, but I think impeachment is a sham anyway. You know, we're all caught up in it. We don't want to be impeached. We do want to impeach. We're going to stop the impeachment. We're going to impeach with it. I think it's all a sham. It's the shadows on the wall again. I've told you for 20 years on this radio show that when both parties uh, are agreeing on something, which is to impeach or not to impeach, that's an agreement of sort. It's we, the American people, are being hoodwinked and screwed. It's that simple. Because we all know how it plays out. The House under Pelosi impeaches. The Senate doesn't. So they will have wasted our time again to turn our heads away from the spiraling debt and all the other problems this nation has gotten itself into. When I return, big guest Donald Trump Jr. with his new book, Triggered, Triggered, How the Left Thrives on Hate. Great book in bookstores today. Right back. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. It is the Savage Nation. Uh, welcome back to the program. Great guest right now, Donald Trump Jr. with his new book, Triggered, How the Left Thrives on Hate and Wants to Silence Us. It's absolutely true. The book is out today. It can be bought online today. And joining us right now is Donald Trump Jr. Welcome to the Savage Nation. Good to be with you, Michael. How are things? You know, I saw you give a great speech at a fundraiser in uh, uh, Beverly Hills. And in that speech... Something you said stuck with me, which is your grandparents being from Czechoslovakia, yeah. uh, being under Soviet control, and how it shaped your worldview. Would you please tell the audience about that? It's very important they hear this. Sure. No, it's, it's a big part of the book. And they sort of say, hey, you know, Don, how are you a conservative? You know, you're the son of a billionaire from New York City. Uh, you went to an Ivy League school, all these things you're not supposed to be. You're a hunter, fisherman, outdoorsman. And I, you know, I had a, my mom escaped communist Czechoslovakia. You know, my grandfather, who was a blue collar electrician from there, uh, you know, he came over here and he saw the incredible blessings that we were bestowed as Americans in this country, in our family, and he said, you know, this is great, but you have to see the other side. And so I, they were very involved in my upbringing, and I spoke Czech fluently by the time I was three, and hmm. summer I'd go over there for, you know, four to six weeks. Uh, and, you know, it was old school. He was an older guy. You know, I'm the one doing the shopping. Guess what? I've waited in those bread lines, Michael. I can assure you they're not so glamorous. They're not what Bernie makes them out to be. <laughs> I've seen what that system can do. I, I look at my parents' wedding picture when I was a kid. I'd be like, that's weird. Like, you know, my, there's my mom and there's my grandfather. Where's my grandmother? And they're telling me, well, she wasn't allowed to be there because they wouldn't let her out of the country with the grandfather for fear that they would defect. Uh, hmm. You know, what kind of system doesn't allow you to leave? It can't be so wonderful. And so, you know, when I see that socialism becoming sort of a mainstream ideology mm. on the yeah. left, you see that sort of the delta between the two sides being so great now, and much greater mm. than you've ever seen before. Yeah. You know, and it just strikes me. It makes me fight so hard because I've actually seen what that does. I've, I've lived it. I've, I've noticed it. And my 93-year-old grandmother, who's still alive today, Michael, you know, this is not a that, – that generation's tougher than ours, right? That, that wasn't a snowflake generation. This is a woman who hid in the basement of our farmhouse for two years from the Nazis in her – during the during that occupation, hmm. uh, then had the communists come in, and she tells me. I mean, she calls me because they always have CNN, CNN over there. That's all. She gets. Mm -hmm. You 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 must do something about this. You must fight. You hmm. 
cannot let I mean this is an old woman who's been through a lot who's in tears mm-hmm. because she fears for me you know her grandchildren yes and her great well I fear for you and your grandchildren <laughs> given the hatred of Pelosi and and Nadler and Schiff I fear for you Don honest to God I don't know these people are crazy no they're they're nuts and that's her thing it's like it always sounds so good everything's free everything's wonderful and it's not you know, it, it's all a big lie and so you know when when I hear that. Uh, you know that's that's a big part of my motivation, and being able to sort of you know give you the long form version of that for the book was a you know a big part of the genesis of you know how I wrote this, sort of how I sort of you know, got yeah. involved on the political side, and you know why I'm spending so much of my time now fighting for my father for those who are actually uh, mm-hmm. willing to fight for him because you know there's conservatives and then there's the ones that actually have the guts to fight. Uh, there's the conservatives who sit there and they say all the things that you need to say as conservatives, and then they turn the other cheek because they're not willing to engage. Uh, and, and we've ceded ground to the other side for 50 years because of that mentality. Uh, so it is great to see some of these com- guys you know, coming up now, the younger guys coming through the ranks, actually being fighters, not just giving up, not just folding, uh, not caring uh, about being loved by the mainstream media uh, and those kind of guys. So, you know, I, I get to cover all of this in the book, and, you know, there's so much I can do in a tweet on a five-minute interview, uh, these sort of things, but uh, to have 300 pages to really take those thoughts and that thought process and expand it out uh, when you've been... Well, I've been Don, through- that's why I asked you about your grandparents being from Czechoslovakia. I mean, I've heard stump speeches my whole life, and I usually ignore them. And I figured when you got up there, you would just, you know, talk about the bigger issue, the impeachment and your dad and all that, which would be okay. But it caught me because I'm an immigrant son. I know what the old world was like for them. And I was very impressed with the fact that you went back to Czechoslovakia so often as a child and actually saw with your own eyes where Bernie Sanders and occasional cortex would lead us if they're not curtailed. And that brings us again to uh, the war that you are in, not only for your dad, but for your family itself. Oh, when yeah. you have a when you have occasional cortex saying Trump voters don't realize how racist they are, which is one of the most racist statements you could ever make, of and getting away with it. What more do we need to know than the media doesn't call her out on this? And you are in the front lines of this. You're on the front lines of this. I can imagine the kind of hatred you experience every day. Oh, totally. Well, listen, don't forget, these people spent two and a half years trying to throw me in jail. I mean, you remember this, right? I committed treason for taking an unsolicited 20-minute <laughs> meeting, right? I, literally, someone reached out to me that I'd done business with. So sure, I'll listen to you in you know, 20 minutes. But Hillary Clinton, who pays foreign agents to go into foreign countries, collect dirt, gives it to the FBI. They leak it to the press. The press writes a story. The FBI then utilizes that story to get these warrants. I mean, you know, that's totally good. You know, the other one I love these days is the Hunter Biden. Oh, Don Trump Jr., he doesn't get that he's a son of a rich guy. No, 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 I get that I'm the son of a rich guy. I get that I'm a big part of you know, who I am is because of my father, just like Hunter Biden. The difference is we did that as private businessmen. Okay, yes. We didn't do that off of my father's taxpayer-funded office. When my father won the presidency, we mm. stopped and gave up doing any new deals abroad. That was a big mm. part of our business. That's what mm-hmm. I did. Okay, we stopped doing that for fear of possible impropriety. Hunter Biden magically became an international businessman, uh, you know, in his late 40s, uh, because of his father's, you know, vice presidency, and that he was in control of that area. Hunter Biden flew on Air Force Two, came back with 1.5 billion from China. Mm. Now, I get that we're both big products of our son, you know, our fathers, and our last names, but let's not pretend that you know he did this under you know this role of public servant. We did it as private businessmen. Totally. Well, there are a lot of other differences between you and Hunter Biden. I don't think that you married your brother's wife uh, while he was in the hospital with cancer, uh, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, also, you have wonderful children. You're a great father. I've met them at Mar-a-Lago. It's an amazing family story. Uh, and I don't want to sit here and just say things that are not true. They're all true. But I want to talk about this nonsense that came out today, Mr. Mr. Trump. They're saying, well, the quid pro quo is 100% verified today by Sunderland. You know, my answer to that is, and I wonder what you think about it, is there any foreign aid in the history of America that was ever given to any nation without quid pro quo? We don't, we're not Santa Claus. Every nation that receives money from America receives it because they do things we want them to do. So your father, in my opinion, if that is true, and I don't know if it is, is saying there's corruption amongst an American political leader who's very important, and we want you to investigate it. Now, I don't understand what's wrong with that. 
Well, I, I don't either if that's what happened. I mean, and, and that's the insanity. You know, don't make no mistake, Michael. The impeachment inquiry started on November 9th, 2016, the day he had the gall to take on the establishment, to beat right. the chosen one, Hillary Clinton. I mean, give me a break. This thing right. started then. The, the Washington Post wrote their first article about it 19 minutes after the inauguration, saying the case for impeachment. You know, we, we lived through this the first time, the first hoax, the Russia uh-huh. hoax. Okay, I trust me, I really lived through it. I was the number two target of it, which I why I spent such a good time in the book. You know, Unbelievable. Yeah, do you talk yeah. about that, that, that running after you trying to nail you to a cross in, in your book? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, I, I you know I, I get into it, you know, a lot. I, you know, the the whole joke of the Mueller investigation. Hey, remember this? You know, I took an unsolicited meeting. You know, lasted twenty minutes. I did thirty hours of testimony. Hunter Biden doesn't have to speak about any of this stuff. It's oh, that's totally legit. Hillary, I, the I've done more on a twenty-minute meeting than Hillary Clinton did about Benghazi by a factor of three when she was Secretary of State and people died. Okay. Right. Absolutely. Hillary lied. People. Hillary lied. People died. Now we're speaking with Donald Trump Jr. about his new book, Triggered. It's in bookstores and online right now. I have a very, very big question. You know Jerry Nadler, the guy who looks like a Katz's Deli guy with a bloody apron, with the uh, apron up to his uh, pectoral muscles. He has a history with President Trump dating back to the '80s, oh, yeah. when he was a little, a little ticket fixer in New York City. What is this about that he hates your father so much? Listen, my, my father, you've seen this with all the New York politicians. Just look at my Instagram feed from the other day over the weekend. I posted a video, you know, glowing review from Chuck Schumer on TV a couple of years before we got into <laughs> politics, talking about the great things that Donald Trump has done, <laughs> the, the, the quintessential American dream, yada, yada, yada. You know, Jerry Nadler's one of these guys. He wanted to try to do anything he could because, you know, when, when you get in Trump's way, he's going to call you out on it. And so he did that early in Nadler's career. Trump went on to change the skyline of New York. And I love watching these politicians now. What has Trump done for New York? Oh, what has he done for New York? Well, I know about the Wallman skating rink. I also know about the western, the yards on the west side. He did an awful lot to change it for the better. He changed the skyline of New York. These other guys, you can't name, name something that Cuomo has done, that he's actually done that's benefited New York, other than scare away people and actually force them to go down to Florida like my father. What about the blouse? <laughs> I love that, right. You, you, know, you can't name one. Hey, there's not a person that's listening right now that can't name one of Donald Trump's buildings that changed the skyline of New York. Right. Hired- well, not just New York. When people <laughs> criticize your father, what I say to them is, look around the world. His name is on an awful lot of buildings that he was the, manuf- I wouldn't say manufacturer, I would say the producer in this sense. He was the man behind it, the developer in so many buildings around the world. So he has changed for the better, modernized many cities in the world. And I don't understand why that's now a crime in, in the world. Don Trump Jr., you are on a book tour right now. I understand you're going to be live at a book signing at Mar-a-Lago on the 9th. Is that correct? I will be down there, man. You should come by. It's easy for me living in San Francisco. There are, we're not allowed to fly in airplanes here because we, we're under the Green New Deal. I have to come there by canoe and by outrigger, I think. I don't know how to. Well, you know, listen, if you take a, you know, the magical train that doesn't use electricity either, you, you, if you want to get over there, you, should, you let me know. Okay? Cause I, I remember last time I saw you at Mar-a-Lago, I believe it was Easter two years ago. It was a lot of fun. What a great memory you have. I came up to your table. You were sitting with your children, right? Yeah. And, and, and we had a, a little chat. It was the first time we had met. It was very interesting. Yeah. But I, I want to go back to when, you with the fun. I want to go back to your speech at the fundraiser in Beverly Hills. Again, I was quite surprised in a positive manner when you talked about your grandparents from Czechoslovakia under Soviet control and how it shaped you. I think that that's a seminal, seminally important story, especially in a nation which is a nation of more immigrants today than ever before. People need to know more about that, and I'm glad it is in your book, right? In a, in a whole deal, right? I mean, I, I dedicate an entire chapter and then some, you know, just to that because again, you know, I'm the son of a billionaire from New York. I'm not supposed to be a conservative. I'm not supposed to have these views. I went to an Ivy League school. I'm supposed to be a libtard. I, you know, this is what I'm supposed to be. But I've had experiences throughout my life that have sort of pushed me, you know, in that way. I mean, I, you know, I went to boarding school in, in Central Pennsylvania. You know, Pottstown, PA, home of Firestone Tires. Like, I get it. It was a <laughs> gilded rich guy boarding school. But like, you know, my first girlfriends, they were, you know, from from town, and you know, I got to spend time with real rough. Belt Americans, and that's why with my hobbies between hunting, fishing, competitive shooting, all these things, like you know, I'm not the guy on the New York City like you know black tie rubber chicken dinner like charity BS circuit. You know, I, I spend my time in Middle America. I, I have friends there. I, you know, it's it's not like an act when I was there for Iowa caucuses. Those are guys that I you know I hang out with during deer season. Uh, and so, you know, I expand about you know, all of that history uh, and all of the experiences in my life that really added up and uh, you know kind of created a, a pretty unlikely conservative. 
Don Trump Jr., you have how many children? I have five. Unbelievable. You know, and this is an anomaly, not only for America today, but for a rich guy today. And yet, uh, who encouraged you to have such a large family? It comes from your family's values, I would think, right? I guess, you know, my father had five, you know, his parents had five, so, you know, I guess it's, you know, I don't know, maybe it's just in the genes, but uh, no, you know, my mom <laughs> wanted to have five, that's what she always said, uh, so, you know, I bought with full disclosure, we had them, and I think the reality is this, it can be a lot of work, don't kid yourself, it's, it's, it can be brutal at times, right? I only have, I only have two, but they're adults for me now. Exactly, well, I, I'm one of them, so, you know, that, that's like having two or three at least, you know what I mean? Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's a lot of work, but I don't think anyone's ever been on their deathbed, Michael, saying, you know, oh, man, I wish I made one more deal. I wish I would, I did one more of that. No, they, they could no Don, listen, before you go, I've met a lot of rich guys who are old who have no children. They never got married. They were playboys. And I don't mean on the level of sickness of the one we're going to never talk about. But I know an old guy in his 90s, worth a fortune, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars he made on his own. Great guy, wonderful man, very conservative. And you know what he says to me? The only regret he has is he has no family. And we don't hear enough of that. Family is the key to, to the longevity of any family, of any, of any individual. There's nothing to live for otherwise at a certain point. Isn't that true? A hundred percent. And I mean, you know, you do that. And I know people are mocked today for having kids because it's not environmentally friendly. I mean, the, you know, the kind of craziness that's there. Psycho. Psycho. American family values, anything to destruct traditional American values, they will say it and do it. Uh, the, the lunacy from the left knows no bounds at this point. I mean, we, we saw that with al-Baghdadi. Uh, you saw the Washington Post last week. Austere religious scholar, God. <laughs> yes, crazy, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Your father authorized the raid, and they wouldn't give him credit for that. I named, I, I changed his name to, to Big Daddy. That Trump slaughtered Big. Trump had Big Daddy killed by the special forces. Look, we could talk forever. I know you're busy. The book is triggered. How the left thrives on hate and wants to silence us. Nothing could be more true, frankly, than that. It's in bookstores and online today. Donald Trump Jr., I wish you the best of luck with this book, not because you need the money, but because America needs the truth. I want to thank you so much for being with us. Hope to see you at Mar-a-Lago. I'll see you there, Michael. You have a great one. Thank you. Thank you. Home of Borders. Language. Culture. The Savage Nation. All the light is gone from the world, including the light. Not only the light, but the light is gone from the world. Fiddler on the Roof. I loved it. And he goes into the butch store, butcher store in that little village, and the richest man in town is the butcher. And he goes in, this poor guy, and he says, he sees his house, you know, lights and candles, and he says, all this from killing innocent animals? I thought that was hilarious. But I'm playing Fiddler on the Roof if I were a rich man because Don Trump Jr. was on. And I realize many of you are jealous of anyone with money, and you think everything is glorious for the rich. And as my mother said, it's better to have money than to be poor. I understand that. Richard poor, it's good to have money, she used to say. That was a joke. But let me tell you something. No one gets out of this world without, without basically walking on that wheel, having the wheel crush him. Life is, at the end of the day, very difficult for everyone. And I'm asking myself a question. I was born poor, and I used to wish I was born rich. I would pray to God if I had been born, let's say, I'd say oh, I wish I had a guy like Donald Trump for my father, right? I'd have it made in the shade. How ca- come so many of them wind up drug addicts? How come so many of them wind up ruined? No families, nothing. Well, it happens to good families, bad families today because of the drug cartels and the poisoning of the American mind by the media where uh, the use of drugs has been glorified. And it goes right back to the slaughter of that innocent family uh, in Mexico, which was not covered today by Jumbo Jim didn't cover it. We have to cover it. The cartel massacre from the eight-month-old twins to the 43-year-old mother. If you missed my interview uh, with the um, Breitbart editor who lives right on the border and covers the cartels, it will be uh, replayed today on my podcast right after the show. An hour later it goes up. Babies burned alive, women raped, slaughtered by Mexican cartels. Pelosi and the Dem gang have not said, said one word about the cities that they have poisoned. The Westwood One Podcast Network. <laughs>